Welcome to another episode of The Illustrious Gentleman, the place where comic book artists and top blokes Scott Garleski and Ryan Cody talk about life, work, comics and booze. Follow the show on Twitter at TIG underscore show. Don't forget to let us know what you're drinking while you're listening to the show. Go on yourself, big man. All right, hey everybody. We're gonna try something a little different this week. Um, but before I get into that, I want to let you know that you can always listen to the show every episode at Anchor.fm/TigShow. They're our sponsor. You're gonna hear us talk about them a couple times on the show. Uh, that's because they give us some money, so we do that. We're grateful. I'm happy with the hosting. I'm happy with Anchor overall. So uh, you guys should check them out. And if you like the show and you want to support the show, as always, you can go to Patreon.com/slash. Tig show. So yeah, this is Ryan up here in the northern illustrious gentleman villa. Uh, Scott's been benched this week. I told him, you know what? I don't even want to talk to you. I don't even want to look at your face. That's what I said to him. Uh, it's not what I said to him. Uh, our schedules didn't line up this week. Uh, his kids are getting out of school. My kids get out of school next week. I have, uh, as I'll mention here in a few minutes, I have a house full of children and uh, sometimes schedules just don't line up. There's work, there's uh, family life, there's all sorts of stuff. So Scott's schedule, Scott wasn't able to uh, hang out this week. And uh, I'm perfectly fine with that. But I wanted to make sure you guys got some quality content. So you're going to have to deal with just me this week. And um, I'm in my new apartment I talked about, I think, on last week's show. So if you hear like the heater kick on or if you hear my water heater that's about to go out if you hear that gurgling if you hear other noises it's because i'm in an apartment again for the first time in a few years i'm getting used to all the extra noises uh the heater's been running because it's been cold as shit outside uh yesterday our high was in the low 40s it snowed yesterday on may 20th so uh, that's the kind of week i'm having so far um but i'm here i'm recording let's do this i hope you stick around i got i got some uh, some bullet points i got some stuff to chat about if you're gonna go on this uh, little adventure with me uh it's tuesday morning at 10:15 ish i really shouldn't be drinking i don't want to be drinking but i decided to take one for the team take one for you guys uh so i am drinking i'm finishing up a uh 25 ounce uh bud heavy that i trafficked back from california and then i also for my show beer this week i have Another beer that I trafficked back from Ontario, California, that I bought at a BevMo, I think in Upland, California, because every two miles there's a new town out there in Southern California. So I am drinking a Elephant Rock IPA from Pikes Peak Brewing Company, obviously from Colorado, Monument, Colorado, the can says. Uh, it's 7.7%. It's an IPA, and I do have some beer advocate theater for you. It's a good one, and it's from Arrogant B. 16-ounce can, $2.99. I might as well not even drink IPAs that ain't from Cali because they ain't shit. This is no exception. If it ain't West Coast, it ain't shit. Amber color, good lace, looks fine, aroma is malty. Malty! Slightest hint of hops among all that malt sugar. Fuck. Flavor is this malty, sweet bullshit with accompanying hops. Not dry at all. 
I'm moving to San Diego. It's West Coast or die as far as IPA is concerned. So Arrogant B really, he don't, he don't truck with anything except West Coast IPAs. Uh, but we're going to give it a shot. I've actually had plenty of these. I bought a six-pack of it. This is my last one. Um, but I'll uh, let you know how it is at the end of the show. It smells like an IPA. All right. Nothing special. Eight ninety nine for a six-pack of BevMo in Upland, California. All right. So uh, we have a segment that we sometimes do that we don't always do called anything that you're new or anything you're into. Uh, so Scott's not here to kind of poo-poo on my favorite sports or anything, so I thought I would take the opportunity to uh, talk about two podcasts that I like to listen to. One is an MMA podcast called the Co-Main Event Podcast. Um, it's two dudes who get together. Uh, they're both uh, professional MMA writers, or journalists, I guess is the way to put that. And uh, they break down the past weekend's events. They preview the next weekend's events, talk about the news in the MMA community. Um, they do it... Uh, they're funny. They have a good rapport. They have a good Michael Rappaport, I think, like Scott and I do. And, uh, oh, that sounds great. And uh, they uh, also do a, um, a Deadwood Rewatch podcast that uh, I don't listen to yet, but I may in the future. So Co-Main Event Pod is a great one. And then also, if you're into hockey, then uh, you probably already know about the Spit and Chicklets podcast with Paul Bizonet, uh Ryan Whitney, and uh, two producers, and uh, it's great. They have great stories. They interview uh, hockey players, current and retired hockey players. They get great stories about the road and, and what it's like to to live an NHL lifestyle. They break down the games. Uh, so it's interesting. I don't know what the podcast is going to become like in the summer when there's no uh, hockey being played. I'm sure it's going to be mostly interviews, but Spin Chicklets is a great, great podcast, part of the Barstool Network, uh, Barstool Sports Network. Um Another thing I'm into is just trying to be overall, I guess, grateful and appreciative of what I have because I feel like I've had a rough couple months as far as work's concerned. We've talked about that ad nauseum on the podcast. I'm sure you're all tired of me hearing about that. Things are starting to take a turn for me. Good things seem like they're popping up. Uh, I just got to get through a couple weeks to get there, uh, but I'm trying to take a moment to appreciate all that goodness, uh, I suppose. That's a, that's a way to put it. Um and then let's see what else is on my notes here. Oh, I was at the gym yesterday, you know, not bragging, but, you know, I was at the gym, you know, kind of jogging, kind of walking, doing two and a half minutes of walking, two and a half minutes of jogging on the treadmill, getting my hour in, watching a documentary on Netflix. Uh, what was the documentary about? This is fascinating. Oh, uh, Five Came Back, about uh, five movie directors in the 40s who went and made uh, war films for the U.S. government during World War II. Pretty good. It's on Netflix. And then uh, this woman gets next to me at the, at, on the treadmill, and uh, she's always at the gym. No, no matter what time I go, I always see this woman there, so I think she just, like, lives there. I don't know. And uh, so anyway, she's on the treadmill next to me, and she cranks the treadmill up to however max speed it goes. I don't know, 15 miles an hour, 17 miles an hour, whatever. And then she just hauls ass for, like, a minute. And then she jumps off to the treadmill, takes, like, a 30-second break, hauls ass again for another minute. And... Uh, at the end of every minute when she was done, she would uh, scream out. I mean, she had headphones in, so she's obviously listening to music. But uh, she would scream out, I'm a ninja, or I'm a fucking ninja. She said that once or twice. Uh, she did this about four or five times. And uh, I found it fascinating. Because when I do, you know, when I, you know, break a personal milestone on, like, the speed of a mile or my my, my best 3K or something like that, or, I'm sorry, 5K, 
something like that. You know, I do the Anthony Michael Hall, like a breakfast club punch where I punch myself in the shoulder because I'm proud of myself. Uh, but I've never thought to scream out, I'm a fucking ninja. So uh, I'm going to have to put that into the rotation, I think. All right, let me take a sip and then we'll get into the meat of the show. Okay, so uh, like I mentioned, I'm in a <clears throat> I'm in a hotel, uh, not a hotel. I'm in an. I wish I lived in a hotel. That'd be awesome. I'm in an apartment again. Uh, we moved from a three bedroom apartment to a two bedroom apartment uh, because my middle son is planning on moving out soon. But so there's all we're all here, and then my oldest son decided to come home for the summer, and so he's with us as well. So we now have. Uh, five people, 16 and older, living in this two-bedroom apartment, and it is tight, 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 and uh, it's it's just too many people, too much noise, too much too much going on. Everything's small. The kitchen's smaller, living room's smaller. The, there's no garage. It's just there's nowhere to escape really. And um, makes me think of the last time I was in a situation like this is when I first moved out after high school. I moved to Florida and uh moved in or moved into a two-bedroom apartment with my buddy and his girlfriend so it wasn't bad three people two-bedroom apartment it was fine and then maybe two months into us living there the girlfriend told us that her parents were going to come stay for a little bit they were in between they just moved from somewhere and they were deciding where they're moving or they're getting their new place ready or something like that so they were going to come stay with us in our two-bedroom apartment and so they started sleeping in the living room of a two-bedroom apartment like a couple 40 year olds when i'm like 18 uh so that was a nightmare situation all of a sudden there were one two three four five people in a two-bedroom apartment uh they were adult they were parents so it's not like i could come home you know tell them to get off the bed and i could watch tv for two hours this this was they had to sneak come in after dark go straight to my room the room was haunted it was like a nightmare situation terrible so I ended up moving out earlier than I would have normally because I just couldn't live in that situation anymore it seemed like they were there forever could have been two weeks could have been two months I can't even remember I tried to black the whole thing out of my of my consciousness but uh the only thing that gives me solace is I hope that when I moved out they moved into my bedroom that was haunted and I hope they got the shit haunted out of them um that's how petty I am that's where I am with this all right so all right anyways Let's talk a little bit about, and no one's ever said this before, but let's talk a little bit about Ontario, California, uh, a place in California, Southern California. No one ever really wants to visit, but there's a comic con there, and they were nice enough to bring me out and put me up and treat me well. Uh, comic con Revolution, Ontario. Comic con Revolution has, I think, three shows, three shows in the country. Um, so yeah, this one's in Ontario. It's right next to the Ontario airport. It's about an hour east of LA, I would say. So, you know, I uh, I decided to give it a whirl. My, You know, all I had to do was pay for gas and a rental car. So I go to pick up my rental car. It's like a little uh, Kia Soul, I suppose, is what they're called. Like a little box, bubble slash box car. Um, it was white, so I gave it a nickname, Hedwig. I like to nickname all my rental cars. Uh, makes the adventure a little more fun, a little, little more, I don't know, get a little more well, cool. Who knows? You know, you got a little nickname for your, your car. You're like you and your car, are the co-pilot. You're hanging out. So anyways, I named it Hedwig because it was white and uh, we were flying down the road 
me and the Kia Soul. And, you know, I don't love Kia Souls. I rented one last year. Not on purpose, but, you know, they, you get what they give you. And we drove one for about a week last summer. We went to New Mexico, and I came back, and I had um, terrible back problems for like a month. And I blame it on the Kia Soul. Even right now, I'm not feeling too good, and my toe's hurting. I don't know how to blame that on the Kia Soul, but I'm going to blame it on the Kia Soul. So anyways, Hedwig and I head out for the road. It's 400 and something miles. It's about six hours between uh, where I live and uh, the Inland Empire. And I'm a sucker for geographic regions that have cool nicknames. So I uh, I don't mind the Inland Empire. I think that's a cool nickname. Um, so we're heading, we're going out there. I love driving. I mean, I love kind of being on the road, uh, the, especially in the desert. It's just lots of cool scenery. Um, there's it's the most open road, especially once you leave Arizona. Once you get kind of out of Kingman and you head towards like Barstow, between Kingman and Barstow on I-40, it's like a ghost town on the highway. It's it's so much fun. There's no traffic. Uh, it's really enjoyable. I like that that stretch of road. I, I like uh, letting my mind wander. Um, all sorts of good stuff. So, I mean, the, the drive itself was great. Other than, uh, you know, other than... Um, Gas prices are right now. They're kind of high in Arizona. They're super high in LA. Uh, I think I spent over a hundred dollars in gas to go, you know, round trip. Uh, it was the the that's that's a nightmare. Um, on the way back home, I left the show a little early so I could get home before too late. Uh, but I still had to drive at night through Arizona on the way home. It was fucking snowing. Uh, my nighttime driving is not. I'm getting, it's getting harder and harder for me to see in my advanced age driving at night, so that wasn't great. Um, so, so the drive home was a little challenging and not as fun as the drive out there. Uh, I also ate like garbage all week. I just, I think I had, let's see, Friday between Friday morning because I get these little pastries. Whenever I travel, I, I I get pastries at like the Circle K or whatever. It's like the worst fucking thing ever, but I do it. So let's see, Friday morning, I had a bread-based breakfast, then I had a bread-based lunch, and then I had a sandwich for dinner. So all three meals on Friday were some sort of sandwich or pastry. Uh, Saturday, they provided sandwiches for lunch, and then I had a burger for dinner. So two sandwiches on, or sorry, that was Saturday. Two sandwiches Saturday, three sandwich concoctions on Friday. Sunday, another sandwich for break for, for lunch. I did have another pastry for breakfast, and then on the way back into Arizona, I stopped and had another burger. So all three meals on Sunday were sandwich based. So if you're not keeping track, that is eight straight meals that I ate that was some sort of bread with filling inside of it, of some sort. So let's just say I was swollen. I was feeling ill. Uh, my wedding ring was starting to pinch like normally kind of kind of can slide off my fingers because you know whatever I was I was at my fattest when we got married so the ring's too big um, but it wasn't too big come Sunday night because my hands had swollen up my face had swollen up from beer and I mean I probably ate I probably ate the equivalent of I don't know 40 loaves of bread over the span of three days it's it was a nightmare I'm, I, maybe that's why my toe fucking hurts maybe it's diabetes I don't know uh, but yeah, I ate like fucking garbage all weekend. It was a shit show diet wise. Not a goddamn vegetable to be seen. Last night I had some broccoli and I felt like my body was like, it's like you're walking through a desert and you haven't had water in three days. And so when you have that first sip of water, your whole body just kind of like a warm, 
feeling goes through it and you're like, oh, thank God. That's how my body reacted to eating a fucking piece of broccoli last night. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my diet the past weekend in a nutshell. Um, as far as going into the show, I had high hopes for it, even though I should know better. Um, I had two trades to sell at the show along with prints and original art. But, no, uh, you know, last year I didn't really have any trades to sell. Now I have trades, some floppies. So I had a lot of product that I could sell. I had high hopes for it. Um, again, I should have known better. Shows aren't going great lately. The last couple of years. Uh, another thing this thing this show was is was a two day show instead of like a three or three and a half day show. So I love the idea of a two day con. Uh, I think that's how most shows. Excuse me. That's how most shows should be. It was a two day show. So I had all the hopes in the world going into Ontario. Um, but. You know, it it, it both uh, exceeded and did not live up to expectations all at the same time. Um, But before we get into that, let's hear another quick ad from our wonderful sponsor, Anchor.fm. Okay, so on Friday, I uh, I got to Ontario around 4 in the afternoon. I, you know, when I stopped to get gas at like 3.30, I picked up like a six-pack of beer. So, you know, I got to the hotel, uh, checked in, you know, drank a beer, unloaded all my shit. I mean, I took – because uh, this show is a little different. I didn't know a bunch of people that were going to be at the show. And the people I did know that were going to be there were coming in from Los Angeles, and they weren't staying at the hotel. They were driving back and forth every day for whatever reason. So I knew I, it probably wasn't going to be like a big hangout show. Um. So I, you know, I have work to do. I'm, I'm coloring this new book that I'm super excited about, and I want to kind of finish the first issue before I go to Phoenix Con. So I, uh, I took my entire rig. I took my hard drive, or sorry, my desktop. Of course, I took the hard drive. Uh, I took my desktop computer, my 19-inch uh, Hueyon. I took Hueyon. I took the whole rig. Uh, my the Hueyon Lewis. Hueyon Lewis is what I'm calling it now. Uh, I took the whole rig out there to California. You know, it's 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 a pain in the butt to unplug everything. I did it. Put it in the car, buckled it in like it was a baby in a car seat. Took the whole rig out there. Ended up doing zero work on Hueyon Lewis. So it's uh, another great decision I made was to take it, take this whole rig, 850 miles round trip. Uh, just another, put that one in the back pocket. Just solid decision that I made uh, that I can really feel happy about and proud of myself for. Um, so I get there around four, unpack everything, set up the computer, eat my free cookie because it's a Hilton all sorts of stuff and then um sitting there and i'm just like man this kind of sucks and so uh there's nothing around the the this the the uh ontario convention center is in the middle of nowhere really there's nothing around there um so i did google and find a brewery a brewery that was about two miles away so uh, i sent out a tweet to people that i vaguely know mostly through twitter uh that i knew that that were might be at the show and might be uh flying in and might already be at the hotel and uh Ended up going to uh, Strum Brewing, S-T-R-U-M, Strum Brewing in Ontario with uh, Joe Isma. It's a tiny brewery. Joe, uh, well, I guess I should talk about Joe a little bit. Joe's an artist. He's uh, known for Morning Glories at Image, and uh, he did uh, some books at Dynamite, I think, like Charlie's Angel book. Um, but we both kind of broke in with Viper Comics way back in the day, so I've kind of known Joe for a long time. Um, but we never really hung out, so... Uh, we went to Strum Brewing in Ontario. It was a tiny little brewery uh, 
I mean, it was like the size of like a double wide garage. It wasn't very big at all. They didn't serve food or anything kind of like my kind of place. Um, and, uh, they didn't have any IPAs on draft, which was bizarre because it was, you know, four thirty-five on a Saturday or sorry, a Friday afternoon. It was, weather was nice. I normally would drink a nice IPA at that point, but they didn't have any, but they did have some delicious stouts. I had a Gordon golden, not Gordon. It wasn't a Gordon horchata stout. I had a golden horchata stout. So basically a yellow stout, uh, that tasted like horchata. Um, delicious delicious and then i got a uh I, I i bought a pint to take back to the room and it was a called a blackity black black stout um both were in the nine percent range so kind of imperial stouts and both were absolutely delicious so if you're uh passing through ontario if you're on the i-10 and you're going to go through that part of california uh it's right off the freeway take a few minutes pop into strum brewing in ontario california delicious delicious stouts i think i rated both of them like a four and a half on uh on my uh, untapped app uh you can just go to untapped.com and search illustrious gentlemen um so yeah seek them out if you're in the area so friday night wasn't much went back to the hotel or i actually had to go buy some paper i had to finish up a commission for uh carl alts allstat at all statter statler stater statler statler stater um so anyways, Carl's used to work for, uh, uh, broke in doing kind of work for homage and early image books and did a lot of inking and stuff on X-Men books, did some fill-in work there. So it's cool. It's always cool to do commissions for people whose comics you read when you were, you know, in high school or when you were younger. So, uh, yeah, I've known about Carl for a long time. We've kind of become friendly the last couple of years. I was happy to do a commission for him. Uh, but anyways, I had to go get paper for the commission. So I ended up finding a Hobby Lobby that was next to the pre-aforementioned uh, BevMo. I uh, got a sandwich for dinner, went back home, started, you know, went back to the hotel and just kind of hung out at the hotel, watched, uh, what terrible movie did I watch? Oh, Rampage, which Scott and I talked about, I think. Uh, Rampage was on HBO and I drew the commission and I drank a little bit and I went to bed. So yeah, that was Friday. It's fun to just kind of hang out in the hotel, no obligations, nothing special. I set up for the show on Saturday morning. Uh, it was it was kind of a nice show and that the crowds were steady all week and it never seemed like packed to the gills to where you couldn't move around, but it was never really completely dead either, either. Um, kind of a unique show that way where it's just kind of steady all weekend. Again, I think that's the benefit of a two day show. Um, sales obviously weren't great. Um, but, uh, I did have a couple like really sort of meaningful, um, like interactions with fans well not not even fan i guess they're fans but you know with people that that really kind of uh, made saturday like super kind of super kind of important or super kind of meaningful to me um one guy uh came up he had his kid with him he talked about how he follows me on instagram i didn't get his name because i'm a complete fucking asshole like i forgot all about getting his name um, but he saw that a couple months ago, I posted a picture on my Instagram where I was playing, uh, it was a night where I was playing a bunch of albums, so I was posting whatever I was playing, and one of them was a, cap, a copy of A Hat Full of Hollow by the Smiths on vinyl, and so he saw that I posted that, so he uh, saw that I was going to be at the show, and he brought me a thumb drive full of Smiths and Morrissey albums and live albums and rarities and demos and stuff like that, and it has like 60... 60 different albums and tracks on it. I mean, it's it's insane the amount of deep cuts on this. 
live albums, rarities. I mean, I, I, I couldn't believe how generous this is. And he brought it because he knew I had to drive. And so he brought it for me for the drive, the drive home. And it was just so thoughtful and so sweet. And so kind of, I'm not used to being treated like this nicely. Like we had some really cool people come by Heroes last year and, and give us gifts and treat us well. And I'm really not used to that sort of, that sort of lifestyle. So, uh, yeah, even though, um, even though Morrissey's like a fucking cunt, um, I'll always be a fan of the Smiths. So it was insanely generous of him. Um, so I'm kind of digging through that as I work this week. It's been really cool, really kind of interesting. Um, and then a little bit after that, you know, hanging out and a dude comes up and I have a little sign up at my table about pre-ordering the Ronin and the Shisa uh, manga that I'm working on. And uh, he pointed at. It. He's like, "Oh, I backed this on the on the Kickstarter." And I said, "Oh, cool, thanks, man." So then he started talking, and he went to uh, the same high school as me. He's a little bit older than me. Graduated some years before me, but uh, he was talking about like, "Yeah, he wanted to support me because we went to the same high school on this tiny little island, you know, more than halfway across the world." Uh, so you know, there I am. I'm sitting there talking to another Kubasaki dragon. You know, like I said, 2,500 miles from where we both went to high school. Uh, we actually lived in the same housing area. We talked about that, where we would have been neighbors had I been there, you know, seven or eight years earlier. Um, that housing area is no longer there. It's been torn down, so we talked about that. Um, it was just great to talk to someone who had shared experiences like I do, I do and he was so supportive, and uh, he goes to a lot of conventions. You know, he travels the world to go to conventions. Um, it was just, it was great. We talked about the project. We talked about home. Uh, it just was very, very special kind of time and such a rare thing to meet somebody and shoot the shit about uh, that place and that time. And it was great. It, it meant so much to me. And so it was great. So uh, his name was Chuck. So Chuck, if you're listening, it was a real pleasure meeting you. And yeah, I'll definitely, next time I'm in Southern California, and I'm around the area and I have time, dude, we'll go out, we'll get some ramen, we'll get some curry, we'll tear it up. Uh, so yeah, excellent, excellent time talking to those two gentlemen. And then uh, I did a quick signing, I guess signing would be the name. I went over to uh, Michael's booth, Michael McMillan, the writer of, Michael McMillan, the writer of, uh, writer of Adventure Van was there. He was over in the media guests section next to the woman who voiced Naruto, who had an insane line the entire weekend. But I went over to his table and signed a couple comics and talked to a couple people and shot the shit. And we kind of left the show a couple hours early on Saturday to go get dinner because uh, he had to get back to L.A. So we went and had dinner in a charming little hamlet called Claremont, which I couldn't stop thinking about Chris Claremont the whole time we were there. But a little area called Claremont, and uh, we went and got a burger, a couple beers. I got some local beer there, uh, uh, Jacarando Rye IPA. So that was fun. And then we walked around Claremont, and I guess in downtown Claremont is a uh, one of the uh, three uh, shop called Quest locations, comic shop. So we popped into there, we uh, gave them a couple copies of Adventure Van, we signed, we talked to them a little bit about Adventure Van, um, walked around the comic book store, did a little shopping, it was cool. Really good time hanging out with Michael, he's a good guy, he has a great podcast called uh, Bigfoot Collectors Club, uh, you should check that out wherever you listen to podcasts at. Um, and then obviously the writer of Adventure Van and also he, all of uh, his latest show, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is now on Netflix, so you could watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Check out my buddy, Michael McMillan, actor, writer, 
Renaissance man. Um, so yeah, just it, you know, the the show. I should know better by now. It's just the shows just aren't that great anymore. Prints aren't selling. Uh, original art's not selling. Sketches aren't coming in the way they used to. Um, it's it's very bizarre. I haven't done well at a show in a long, long time, and I I don't know what it is. I look forward to shows. I get pumped to go to shows. I get excited to go to shows. And I don't know if it's just it, – it, it mostly is like who can I hang out with at the show at the bar after the show's over. But at some point, you know, I'm losing money to travel to these shows to then hang out with people. It's not – you know, it's not uh, it's not economically viable. I mean, I don't know in any other situation other than if you just go to a bar with your friends. But I'm actively like travel – spending money to travel to go hang out with people to then spend money at bars or whatever like that. It's ridiculous. So, um, you know, lucky, like I said, I hit up the Bevmo the night before. So my Saturday night, I ended up paying nothing, um, for, you know, so that was like a zero cost night, but that was fun. Um, going, uh, tackling the social aspect of the show, I guess. Like I've, I've finally learned that to just be, I don't know, be in yourself, be in myself at shows, uh, I used to always be nervous and walk around the bar and like, oh, God, what am I going to do? Who am I going to hang out with? And I feel like this show, I kind of was comfortable Friday night staying in the room. Um, obviously, if someone would have been up, like if Joe Eisma would have been up for hanging out more or somebody else would have been up, I would have gone out. But I was OK at the room. And then Saturday, it took a while to connect with with anybody after dinner with Michael. I went back to the hotel. It was, you know, it took a while to sort of hook up with uh with a comic book professional animation industry vet shannon denton took a while to hang up with uh, to uh, meet up with him and uh so i was kind of like in the hotel lobby bar kind of by myself but it was i was fine i was sitting there i was checking twitter i was watching sports center on the tv i was drinking my beers from my room so i was not paying seven eight dollars a beer at the bar um, I was finally kind of comfortable with myself and I didn't feel weird sitting there by myself. I, in the past, I would have felt very awkward sitting there by myself, but now I just kind of owned it, uh, you know, texting buddies, uh, back and forth, kind of just, you know, it was great. I, I actually, I had a lot of fun on Saturday and then, you know, I met up with some comic pals like Shannon and some other dudes and we just shot the shit for a couple hours. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. But again, I spent a lot of money to go hang out with dudes and uh, I, I did get to talk and, and share some conversations with, with, a, with a batch of good fans, not just the two I mentioned, but some other really good people just shooting shit and hanging out at the show. But it just overall sales weren't there yet again. So I have to, I mean, I, I got to figure out, like, what am I doing? Do I, should I just take some, maybe I take, should take some time off. You know, maybe I shouldn't do shows for a while. Um, you know, oddly enough, I'm doing a show in like three days. I'm going to be back at Phoenix, but Phoenix. So Phoenix to me will be the big test. I guess we'll, we'll talk about it more next week after Phoenix is over. But Phoenix would be the big test because Phoenix has always been a good show for me when I've been a guest. Um, last year, I wasn't a guest. I just kind of squatted and co-opted part of Scott's booth for a day or two and did not do that well. But when I've been a guest at the show and I've been there for the majority of the weekend, I've always done pretty well. So we'll see how this weekend turns out and and it'll be a good litmus test i guess for me to decide like are i am i done with shows or are shows done with me that's really the way it goes um so yeah just overall frustration with the way shows have been going the last couple of years just always like excited to go to the show because i love to travel i want to you know shoot the shit and have a beer with comic friends that i only see at shows 
and then by the end of it i'm just like oh why did i come i shouldn't i knew i knew this is what it was going to be like why did i have my high hopes why did they get dashed uh am i a failure is is it a me problem is it a them problem is it you know all these thoughts that go through your head when you're in this industry and you're not uh fucking like rob liefeld or uh scott snyder or somebody like that you know it's the, the, the doubt that the, these shows do nothing but reinforce every doubt you've ever had unless you're one of those dudes or you have a great show or you're a great salesman which I'm not a great salesman I mean I don't I don't stand there with copies of my book saying hey you want to check out a cool comic come check out my comic I don't do that I just wait until people come up and then ask me about them and um, so it's 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 a me problem but I think it's also the way shows are trending um, so I don't know what to do like I said Got another show coming up in like four days. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, as we get close to wrapping this up, a uh, couple random thoughts. I guess two random thoughts from the show. There was a dude walking around uh, cosplaying as like the 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 avatar character from um, Ready Player One. I didn't see the movie, but I know when he goes into the oasis or whatever the fuck it's called he like looks different he has oh he's all edgy with like bluish hair and he's a punk rock edge meister clown face um so there's a dude walking around dressed like that and uh he had a boom box that he was and he's just blasting music i assume the soundtrack to the movie again i didn't see it uh all weekend so he's just walking back and forth down the aisles blasting music out of a boom box and i was like what a dick like everyone everyone has to stop what they're doing and pay attention to this asshole at least while he's passing so that they can then continue their conversation it it's the height of narcissism and being an asshole is to make everyone else adjust what they're currently doing because of something you're doing makes you a fucking dick so yeah you know fuck that dude fuck ready player one i'm never gonna see the movie now next time i see it at the store i'm just gonna throw it on the ground or, you know, maybe I'll move it to, like, the underwear section or something. Um, and then uh, I was walking to take a leak one, you know, spoiler alert, IP. I was walking to take a leak one, one time, and um, and uh, there's a woman walking by uh, cosplaying as Jessica Rabbit. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good Jessica Rabbit, co- uh, you know, cosplay. You know, I got eyeballs. I know what's going on. And then this other dude kind of walked a couple, maybe, like, five feet behind her. And he turned to his buddy and he just said, ooh, Jessica Rabbit. In a way, the way he said it make me made me feel like me and the cosplayer were both molested at that moment. The fact that I had to hear it and the whatever he was thinking in his head when he said, ooh, Jessica Rabbit. Uh, I just felt dirty. It was so gross. Ugh, disgusting. So, um, fuck that guy. Stop being gross, dudes. Stop being fucking pigs and stop being disgusting. Stop being gross. Um, so yeah, I guess sort of to wrap up the solo sode here, if you're still with us, ladies and germs, <laughs> if you're still with us, uh, you know, I don't appreciate you guys making me drink at 10, 15 in the morning, 10 30 in the morning. Um, but you know, I'll take one for the team. I'll do what I got to do. Uh, the Elephant Rock India Pale Ale from Pike's Peak. I'm kind of on board with uh, Arrogant B when he talked about it just being malty and nothing special. I agree. It's like the most forgettable IPA. It's forgettable and forgettable. 
there's nothing special about it. It is kind of just like bland and uh, it doesn't set anything apart from it. I guess it's got a stamp on the back that says veteran owned. Um, you know, congratulations, but uh, that's not going to put it over the edge for me. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to give it a two and a half. It's really nothing special. Uh, it is 7.7%. So, you know, at least it doesn't taste like shit and is a, one of those 5.8 session IPAs, which are bullshit. So we'll give it two and a half for the uh, Elephant Rock Pikes Peak Brewing IPA. Um, so, yeah, I guess there's not much else. Uh, you can always, uh, like I said, leave us a voicemail. You heard the ad at the beginning of the show. Um, you could follow the show. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, not tomorrow or not today when this episode drops. But next week, be sure to pick up uh, the Catwoman Annual number one. Scott has a bunch of pages in that. I think it comes out on the 29th. Uh, if that's how math works, I don't quite know what one Wednesday, f- I don't know what eight days from now is, but that's when that comic comes out. Seven days from now by the time you hear this. Sorry for the rambling. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at TIG underscore show. Follow me at Ryan Cody on Twitter and at Ryan Cody 75 on Instagram. And you can follow Scott at Scotty God on both platforms. All the past episodes are available at anchor.fm slash tick show. If you enjoy the show, you can leave us a review on uh, iTunes or any of your favorite podcast apps. Go to patreon.com slash show and buy a shirt at super75studios.com slash show if you want some sweet, sweet swag. Okay, so Scott's not here to say goodbye, so I'll say goodbye for him. Goodbye.